welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 30. Nice big number there, pretty happy with that. I'm your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I have a few beans with me on the line tonight. So we have Cracker. How you going, Cracker? Very well, thank you, mate. We also have Chewy. How you going, Chewy? Sup, nerds? Well, yeah, not much. <laughs> and we also have our, uh, our new... Our, how do we say this? Our newbie newbie to the podcast, Stu. How you going, Stu? Good, mate. Uh, back-to-back episodes. Fantastic. <laughs> no, we like uh, like having you here, so more than happy to have you back again. And uh, yeah, as always, we have a jam-packed episode. There's a lot that's been going on in the magic world over the past two weeks. Hopefully, you've been jumping on board with our evergreen topics that we've been releasing on our off weeks and uh, yeah, getting your weekly Magic Beans fix, which has been a lot of fun for us. So yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to get into it pretty quickly, and uh, yeah, I think we might start off with something that we haven't done for quite a while, which was playing with paper cards. How, how was that, boys? Weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was great. It definitely was. <laughs> I, I may have sniffed a, a number of the packs that I opened, because I- Yeah, yeah. That, that is then true. that's not weird. It was very weird to be holding physical cards in my hand again and, and being required to shuffle. So, what am I talking about, uh, Cracker? We had a pre-release. So, the, the restrictions got eased a little bit here in, in Victoria, in Australia, and we were allowed to have as many as five friends to a house. And so, about 12 seconds after the announcement came through, Chris was in our <laughs> chat going, pre-release at my place on Friday. And we were all like, yep. So, six of us rocked up, well, five of us, including Chris, and yeah, we, did a, we did a mini pre-release. So, um, he had purchased pre-release packs from our local game store. And yeah, we, we cracked them all and, and played some Akoria, which was awesome and really strange because we knew all the cards. We've been playing yeah. them all for months and it was just really weird. But at the same time, it felt new because seeing the cards in person was really, it's just different. So like there was still that, like there was that hype because we hadn't played or seen each other in like a couple of months, right? In paper. So there was definitely that. And I hadn't seen you in paper. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, and the, the the cards were great. They look better in person, particularly the alt arts. Look oh, the amazing. alt arts are amazing. They look fantastic, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Those, those, yeah. Is it showcase art? Is yeah. that what they call it? Yes. The, the comic book style? Yeah, the comic book style looked, looked phenomenal. Yeah, way way better in paper than it did on, uh, on I Arena. Think, I think that night actually tipped me over to actually liking this set. Uh, there was the sing- things about this set that I love, and there was some things about this set that, I, I really, I'm struggling to buy into, but playing them in person and seeing those showcase showcase arts in physical form uh, might tip me over. I think I do like this set now. Yeah, uh, and the gameplay was really fun as well, and, as, which it, we knew it was because we've been playing it for a little while. But well, uh, sort of, it was my first taste of limited, despite the fact I've got a free draft sitting there still. <laughs> still haven't cashed that. <laughs> I still in. haven't cashed it in. <laughs> I will. I need to now, particularly after having played it, because. It was heaps of fun. Yeah. But yeah, I opened up Eerie Ultimatum, which is the Abzan one. And I was like, well, I guess we're doing Abzan things. And yeah, never drew it. Unlike Stu, who drew his <laughs> Ultimatum. How many times did you get to cast your Ultimatum, Stu? In three the, times what, like a game. Three wasn't games? It? <laughs> so I played three games against Chewie and cast it in each game. Yeah. Once three, on turn five. Once on turn five. And I think I pulled perfect, four lands. Perfect lands manner, all basics. That. 
But um, no, well, I was able to get a bit of mana fixing in there. There was a couple of the dual land taps for a life and an evolving wild. So, uh, you know, made it work. And then you had the. Um, you had the, a triome as new, well, didn't you? The new uh, explosive vegetation, whatever that's called. Migration path. Yeah, migration path, yes. Yeah. And the Farseek Fox or whatever it is that you can get a land out off of that as well. So, yeah, I was able to ramp a little bit. It was good fun. Well, yeah, actually. Deck was nuts, and like even uh, you had to shuffle your library at one point where that was. No, you put it on the bottom with a oh, I forget lead what that the stampede, card was, yeah. and then shuffled off your um, your evolving wilds, and then you know two turns later you had the ultimatum in your hand. It was uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, sometimes you run hot. In case you can't tell, Chewie's still a little bit tilted. Oh, was, <laughs> my snapback deck was good, and I just could not compete with giant things coming into play ridiculously early, and lots of them. So, so yeah, uh, after you- on the back of um, knocking Shorty out of the league finals, I beat you for the first time in a in a limited match. So it felt really good. You're on a roll, man. Moving up in the world. So it's just so another it's- level up. You've come on this podcast and then you start winning matches. So I think there's a formula there. So I'm in for what the I'm hearing there is what what was Scott's problem then? <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> we we love you, Scott. It's because he never <laughs> went to his that. we missed he never went Scott. to his local game store. <laughs> That's to play. exactly That's right. Cool. That's right, so, yep. You yep. never went to your local game store, Scott. That's where the problem was. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, now one of the the thing that um, that I really loved was the seeing the triomes. Like Chris also purchased a number of boxes of the collectors boosters and uh, did quite well out of those. But the the alternate art, the showcase art of the triomes, just looks so cool in yeah. in paper. They're really amazing art on those. Yeah, I'd love to get a, get my hand on some of them, but I think they're going to be a little bit too pricey for me. Commander staples in perpetuity. Those ones. Yeah. Fetchable trilands. Mm. Yeah. And um, one of the other things that we did um, on the night, which was really fun, is we did a little bit of a, a quick live stream and drew our- uh, Oh, that was nonsense. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went back nonsense. and watched it. It's classic us. It's great. Um, so, yeah. And that, so, that was that was pretty good. So, it was, uh, I, I guess it was part of, you know, celebrating actually being together. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good, good night. Brought, brought all the beans in, so it was it was great. Um, what about you, Shorty? What was your deck? Was it red, white, aggressive? Uh, As you no. tend to draft <laughs> or, or play in limited? No, I, uh, I played blue-black uh, with a bit of a mutate theme and just a bunch of removal and, yeah, basically just played a bunch of games where I drew way too many lands and that was about it. So well, it wasn't very, <laughs> wasn't very exciting. <laughs> wasn't well, doing you anything bring your broken. John Avon play, Matt, you draw uh, lands. Yeah, you yeah. Know, there's correlation. That's exactly right. But, uh, yeah, one, one thing we did notice with the playing in paper as opposed to playing in arena was the counters mm-hmm. mechanic. So, I think, I think for... That, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we spoke about that when it got previewed, like when we did our, um, our Ikoria mechanics rundown that, that Cracker gave us. And we all said, yeah, this is going to be a problem. There's going to be people turning up at tournaments, not bringing their counters, all that sort of stuff. And within, like... Five minutes of us playing our first game, it was like, oh, hang on, I need a trample counter. Who has anyone got a trample counter? And, and like, you get the counter sheets in your pack, like in the pre-release pack, and we're still hunting around trying to find counters. And it's like, oh, I'll I'll just put a reach counter on this guy instead of a, tr- a flying counter and things like that. And at, at one point, that was I a needed, real problem. I yeah. needed a death touch counter and a trample counter 
and the only copies of those that I had were on the same token, like on <laughs> one side was trampled, one side, and it was like, nice. well, what do I do here? So, yeah, so a dice just became a, a, a death touch counter. So I think we had one menace counter between three matches, and this is like, bear in mind, this is not us just forgetting stuff. We have just cracked, everyone's got pre-release packs, which come with like thicker card stock with the, the, the counters in it, and so everyone's got... 10 counters in each thing and then some of the packs had them as well and we still didn't have all the ones we needed yeah so look it was annoying it didn't wreck the experience at all but it was just kind of like huh yep that's the thing we thought might happen has actually happened so it was interesting to see that play out and you know just making sure you like i mostly put them inside the sleeve so they didn't like fly off when you tap them or you know move them to block and stuff and but it was a little bit clunky but the game play was really fun particularly as i managed to uh, i played against um jace akaturis i think his name is in our discord akaturis right it's my brother yes and i felt bad because both the games i played against him i went turn one fox attack you turn two cycle greater sandworm and (laughs) just felt dirty it was great turn one fox every time it's just like playing standard. <laughs> Poor Jace. <laughs> Welcome to Limited. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. like I, I cast, I'd uh, call the Death Dweller in my deck, and when that brings the two creatures back from your graveyard, one of them gets a Menace counter and the other one gets a Death Touch counter. And on Arena, you just, you know, you cast a spell, you select your two dudes, they, they come on the battlefield and it just says, yep, select one for Death Touch, select one for Menace, and just click, click, done, and you, you never think about it. And I cast that spell, got my two dudes, put them out, and then I was like, oh, hang on, that's counters at the... Oh, hang on. All right, where's those counters? And you're instant, straight away just sort of hunting around trying to find things. It's like, things. oh, so, sorry, I'm already using them. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's it's, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, we're not going to see high-level paper tournaments for quite a while. Not and and set, even I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I, I doubt with this. I mean, maybe a little bit in standard, but like in you know six months time or something but it's it's gonna be a problem and there's just gonna be so much of people writing on little scraps of paper what they've got and like you said cracker if if you don't slide it into the sleeve then they just blow off and (laughs) you you can't remember who's got what and did you did you see the creative solution in our discord i did uh, yes yeah so uh there may be a little giveaway the magic beans might be saving at least one person from from this situation, um, so mm. Cubegs in our in our Discord's got a uh, some kind of um, it's a CNC machine, yeah, CNC machine. So yeah, it, it does like intricate little carvings of on on plywood basically. So um, he's plugged in the designs for each of the the counters, each of the symbols, and, and printed them out. Uh, effectively printed them out, but carved them out probably the size of what somewhere in between a five and a ten cent piece. Um, yeah, in Australia. Like so no, I haven't actually seen them yet. I'm picking them up tomorrow. Awesome. Oh, okay. Sweet. Nice. They'll be in my hands. Yeah. So um, they look great. Yeah. So you've done a great mm. job. Yep. So yeah, more more news on that to come. Yeah. Very cool experience getting to actually play Arcoria in paper, but definitely some some interesting wrinkles that may become a problem for sets going forward and competitive play going forward. So. As a PSA, as we uh, we mentioned when we talked about the mechanic the first time, if you're playing a deck that requires specific types of counters, take them with you to the tournament. Don't be that person that's asking your opponent for counters or writing things on little bits of paper. And I would do, like Cracker suggested, slide the, the counter or the 
you know, a bit of paper if you're using that into the sleeve so that it can't fall off because I definitely had that situation in the in one of the games I was playing against Chris where, you know, he tapped a guy and, and the counter just, like, flew off and went on to another creature and <laughs> we didn't realise till the next turn. I was like, hang on, that guy doesn't have reach. That guy had reach. What's just going on here? to pull them out of your yeah. sleeve at the end of the <laughs> yes, match. Otherwise, yeah. you could get in some strife there. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you get the chance, pick up the pre-release kits and, like play them because they were it was a heaps of fun yeah, it was it was a really like it was a good time yep certainly yeah, it was, was it was really good yep so that was our friday night and then uh saturday night we had the red bull untapped event which we'd spoken about on the previous cast that it was getting up i think with the last time we spoke about it, it was like three thousand players or whatever and it ended up with quite a few more than that registered yeah, definitely. Uh, what was it? It was over four thousand six hundred registered in in the end, which included myself and and Chewy, and I think a couple of you guys might have registered as well. Yes, but uh, yeah, that ended up being our Saturday night. So, Chewy, do you want to give us a bit of a rundown on on that event and what yeah, transpired? Absolutely. Um, so, in the lead up to the event, there was a lot of discussion. In I'm going to plug the Discord here. There was a uh, uh, there was some testing that that happened uh, on our Discord. And a lot of discussions on, on decks and. Uh, and we've got a range of uh, experience levels, and so kudos to those in the the higher ranks and you know top twelve hundred mythic active in our Discord to uh, help out some of the other players. So it's uh, fantastic to work with the community there. Um, but yeah, there's uh, four thousand six hundred entrants, an enormous event. Only um, about two thousand six hundred half roughly um, actually played round one. I think a lot of people signed up but then you know life happens and that's certainly the case for for some of us uh i just made it in time i um actually had lunch up at shorty's place and uh, <laughs> had, a, had a nice bonfire yeah it was good Kids cook some marshmallows. some marshmallows yeah it was great and um yeah then we um you know made a few stops on the way home but finally finally got there and uh, uh jumped into round one there there were a few issues like <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> online online events uh, are... They're really uh, fast, right? They run really smoothly? The gameplay does. Right. It, it's really good. It's just getting to that point. Uh, it, it's a bit frustrating. There's a lot of work to be done, and there's a few people that are sort of actively working in this space, and we need to have these events to really test the system. And so, you know, I... I kind of ran out of patience after round two and, and thought, oh, it's been over three hours. So it was like three and a half hours to play two rounds and I was playing an aggressive deck. My rounds were over relatively quickly. So I, I just made the call to, you know, drop from the event and hang out with my wife. Um, but, you know, the progress was made and we've, uh, you know, the MTG Melee uh, website that they were using with the Discord and then there's the, um, what was the application we trialed a little while ago called tournament tracker uh you know there's there's a lot of things happening in this space and things will get better uh we're just not quite there yet so um a discord with two and a half thousand people complaining that their pairings hadn't gone up uh, and you know things running slow uh, a website that uh couldn't handle the load and things so there was a lot of issues but uh, ultimately, there was some good magic played. As I said, I I dropped after uh, after round two. I was at one and one, and I just wanted to give it a uh, well. I gave it a go, and then I, I basically I'd had enough. But uh, some others stuck around, 
um, map from our Discord. Um, went um, six wins and then ID'd the last two rounds to make day two. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a, a 7-1 or a 6-0-2 or better record. Uh, got you into the top 128, which qualified for day two. Um, and we had, yeah, we had our host stick it out and even jumped on stream and stayed up into the wee wee hours of the morning casting um odd mana costed red cards so shorty um you uh you ended up with oh you're talking about me yeah 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 i used the word odd so that that was a giveaway uh so uh it was a um well it's fair to say you had a positive record uh overall it's you had a good event uh yeah yeah it sounded like you had a good stream and as always, we had the the guys from the Discord uh, hanging out between rounds. So uh, the event was okay, uh, and it will get better. So stick with these. But I think you had a good night. So can you tell us about the deck you played and how it felt? And then, um, yeah, how you enjoyed the interaction between rounds with the other beans? Yeah, so I... I sort of locked in surprisingly early for for me, uh, probably three or four days before the event. I decided to stick with the the mono red Obosh deck. I'd, I'd been three having or four some... hours before an event's usually pretty early <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah, so this this was extreme. But uh, yeah, I, I tried a few other decks and just you know the the mono red felt best, and I kind of wanted to know you know get a couple of rounds done and then decide whether I was going to continue playing or not. And uh, Mono red seemed seemed good for that, but it, it seemed fairly well positioned in the meta game, with uh, people trying to do some fairly slow things with a lot of uh, Jeskai Luca Yorion decks and and things like that. So just uh, get in there with little red creatures and do it quick, then and, and uh, get those matches over and done with. So that's that was my sort of reasoning. And plus, I've I've played so much of mono red over the last probably year and a half to two years now. It's the deck hasn't really changed that much as cards have rotated out. So I was very confident with it. Played a lot of the mirror matches, so I, I sort of know how to play those. And, yeah, yeah, pretty confident with it. So I started off well. I started off with a, a 2-0 record. Yeah, as Chewie said, the there was issues with the pairings, just so many people trying to access their website. The event started at 5 p.m. for us on the, the Saturday, and I don't think, well, Chewie, I don't think you even got into your match until, like, nearly 20 to 6 or something like that. Yeah, the pairings were just not available for four yeah. minutes. Yeah. Took took a very long time, so and and that really didn't it got a little bit quicker as the rounds went on and people started dropping, but even the last round it was probably I don't know, 15, maybe even 20 minutes after the round finished before the next pairings were available, which is just such a long time. So um yeah, I I Stuck with it and continued playing. I, I ended up with a six and two record, so well very, very, very happy with that. Um, I think I finished one hundred and sixty first out of yeah two thousand six hundred odd people that actually played. So not that far off of the the top one hundred twenty eight cut, which I was really happy with. And uh, one of my losses was against uh, someone with a, a slightly better magic career than me, being a Hall of Famer Shuhei Nakamura. Uh, we do, however, we were joking on the stream that we do have the same number of Pro Tour wins. Yeah, uh, being, but how many PT top eights does he have, man? Like, that was the <laughs> yeah. real number. Was was it six or seven and eight GP wins or something like that? He, he has six PT wins, seven GP wins. Right. Uh, with 27 GP top eights. No, well, they've got six, uh, G- I have zero. six Pro Tour wins between them. That's all you need to say, right? 
Top exactly. eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's but, he's so, he's he's won four hundred thousand dollars US and I've won about two hundred dollars, so <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're very much in the same league but no it was pretty cool to like i saw the pairing come up and i saw the name and just went oh hang on I, I know that name and yeah quickly looked him up and hit him up on twitter after we after he beat me and uh yeah he, uh, he responded saying thanks for the game so that was pretty cool nice but uh, he was playing my other favorite deck that i've played a lot of over the last couple of years which is a, a jund sacrifice deck so I didn't feel so bad losing to him and also losing to to that deck, so that that was fine. Uh, my other loss was just to a, a Jeskai cycling deck where uh, I just flooded out and he domed me for nineteen with a uh, with a Zenith flare. So That'll that was it. that was a bit of fun in in game three. Yeah, but um, yeah, overall, like the the event was good. It, yeah, I mean, I we start like I said, we started at five p.m. I think I finished my last round just before four a.m., so nearly eleven hours to play eight rounds, which That's is uh, which is pretty nuts. Yeah, yeah. So they, they need to do some. If work they can there. sort that sort of stuff out, then yeah, we'll uh, that'll be better. Uh, yeah. I guess you know they need to make. But yeah, I had a lot of fun. Like Chewie said, once yeah, yeah, once uh, once Chewie stopped playing. I jumped on the stream, which I haven't really done before, and yeah, basically streamed all the way for the rest of my matches, and had a lot of fun chatting with all the the different guys that were still playing at the same time, jumping into their their games that they were streaming into Discord for me, so we could stream them out live. I would suggest going and watching the VOD, but there's a whole bunch of it where there's just not much happening, <laughs> so it's probably not that exciting. Skip through to the but, matches, uh, maybe, <laughs> or, or skip the matches and and. Uh, just listen to the banter is always good as well. Yeah. Um, so there are some others coming up, um, one on the 11th of July and then the 18th of July. So uh, they are free to enter and there is prizes. So, um, you know, if you do have, you know, a free night, uh, I do recommend jumping in there. Just uh, know what you're jumping in there um, for, you know, what you're signing up for. And, um, yeah, should we talk about the um, – should we talk about the the decks a little uh, just before we move on? Um, I guess there was uh, like a, a popular deck uh, Shorty's already spoken about, the Mono Red Obosh, but then uh, the largest portion of the metagame was the Jeskai Luca Urion deck, and then yeah, nearly nearly nineteen percent of the the meta for that deck, which is a lot. Yeah, it is, and um, and a lot of uh, Boris cycling to try to counter that uh, that strategy as well. But there were some other um, other decks that showed up in the sort of the top tables, if you like, top virtual tables. Uh, actually, a couple of Rakdos sacrifice decks um, made the top eight. Um, Team of Reclamation is always there and thereabouts. Uh, in the top sixteen was a Jeskai Winota. Um, so, and a mono white Lurus. So, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of the expected decks, but then some, um, some other. A bit of spice. Yeah, yeah, and kind of spiked it up a bit. So, uh, a mono green deck finished eight. So, I've, I've played against mono green in round one, and, um, if it wasn't for cycling into a, uh, into a zenith flare to take out his, uh, life linking questing beast, uh, you, oh, I would have 
would have probably lost that because uh, <laughs> not, not a lot in my deck can block that thing. So uh, I, I played the cycling deck, obviously. So, uh, yeah, it was um, the expected metagame. Uh, nothing, you know, nobody broke the format really, but um, the, uh, the decks that are out there are all unique in what they do compared to others really and fairly diverse. I think standard's in a decent place at the moment. So, yeah, that's good. What, did, you, did you play against many of the Luka decks? The only big issue that we saw was, like, well, not an issue, I guess, but just something to highlight is that the Jeskai Luka uh, Yorion deck actually ended up with a win percentage over 60%, which is quite quite high for, for a deck. And obviously, it's, it's one of those things, like, probably going into the weekend, people knew that was going to be the deck to beat, and it's still posted quite, like, that, that really high percentage... So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes going forward. If, if, if people can have to uh, do something about it. sort of nah. yeah ad- adapt around it or just just join them. I actually think that it's not a problem. So the deck no, is, I don't, I is don't clearly think it's a problem either, super but- super powerful, but it's a heavy investment. We talked about it before in terms of the amount of wild cards you need. I think Stu said he needed like fifteen rares and three mythics or something to build it. I'm so down to six. There you go. the The thing with that deck is it's only people who are super invested in arena. And then they're also likely to be um, pretty good because they're playing a lot. So I think part of it will be you've got people who've just gone, hey, sweet free event and just get crushed because they, you know, they don't know how to play against it. Um, So, look, it's clearly the best deck in the format, but I don't think it's a problem. I don't think they'll have to take action against it or anything like that as annoying as getting your land stolen is. Hmm. Someone stole my 6-6 Fox the other day. That was was rude. (laughs) That is rude. Yeah, my, my deck, the mono red aggro deck, uh, posted a forty four percent win rate. So you were probably Oof. up. <laughs> yeah, actually no, sorry, that's that's mono red aggro. That's not mono red. Mono red Obosh was fifty one percent. So yeah, little little bit better, but yeah, not not a not a very high win rate there. So and yeah, so I, might might not be the best going forward. I haven't had a lot of luck with it uh, after you played it, uh, and I thought, oh, if you can do. Good things with it. Imagine what I can do. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I uh, I will concede this one to you. I, I have not had success. So well done uh, having success. I know, with that deck. I know uh, Child Rebel Walkers had the same the yeah. same thing from our Discord. He's been trying trying to force Mono Red this week and uh, has not had a very good record at all. I've seen both ends of it. When I built the deck earlier this week, I started out at five, uh, twelve and two. And then went on a zero nine losing streak. So decks like that, and this is a problem that you know this style of deck has had for a really long time. And testament to the power of um, experimental frenzy that, uh, which was the last time I sleeved up mono red for a, a you know competitive event. You're just at the mercy of the top of your library so much. You just yeah. lack a lot of agency, and sometimes you. Just draw three lands in a row when you just need a shock to finish them off and they kill you in that time. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, if it's your day, the deck's unbeatable unless you play against a Hall of Famer. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, it's one of those things where, you know, it's worth playing, it's powerful. But, yeah, I, I wonder if Mono Red will go back to Torbrand and uh, Embercleave. I'm not sure. Yeah, Maybe. I think, like, Obosh is super powerful. Like, the games where you go, like, one drop into either two one-drops or one drop and a light up the stage. Yeah, that turn, feels good. Turn three, you hit your banner and cast another one-drop or cast a light up the stage. 
and then turn four Obosh, like you just feel completely unbeatable. You're doing so much damage so quickly. Add into that a couple of fervent champions, so you're pumping up extra damage there, and it's just crazy. So I think it is Obosh is more powerful than Torbran, and I did miss having Cavalcade, uh, not Cavalcade, the. Um, Embercleave. Oh, yeah, Embercleave. Man, I'm just completely gone blank. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, I don't have the excuse of it being 3 a.m. anymore when I'm when, when I was on stream. But, and and uh, Obosh is more consistent because he is the eighth card in your opener. Yeah, and you, you've but, always got like if you hit five mana, you've always got it there ready ready to cast. I don't know, man. I've played games with Frenzy and Steamkin that were unwinnable with any other set of cards except for those ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's yeah, when, the- when you get Steamkin and Frenzy going, it's yeah, it's, it's pretty nuts, fun. but. The Torbrand yeah. version, you um, obviously you weren't playing Frenzy. You tended to end up with two or three Torbrands stuck in your hand, yep. and yeah, you're just kind of doing nothing. So yeah, it was. Um, I think I think Obosh, Obosh. I think Obosh is better than Torbrand. And uh, yeah, if you could <laughs> somehow manage to cheat the rules and get uh, Embercleave in there as well, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> my, <laughs> my it doesn't feeling work is- that way. My feeling is uh, Obosh is more consistent, uh, yeah. but but the Torbrand one I, I think is more powerful. But I, I haven't played as much of the deck as, as you have, but uh, I, it's a coin flip really on on which one I would play. At the moment, I'm not playing either of them, so I can't really comment on it. But, yeah, it's uh, the format will see swing, like between, you know, you'll jump on ladder and sometimes you'll, play against a lot of one in a night and another time you'll play against others so and that's good you want that sort of ebbs and flows within the within the metagame i think all right yeah definitely yep so we talked a lot about the state of the meta but (laughs) but i'm just going to segue real hard here (laughs) because that's enough about mono red whatever mono red get them dead (laughs) wizards this week released the arena state of the game for may 2020 what's that so i don't know actually no it's not true I read the announcement. <laughs> I did my homework. And yeah, so Wizards have announced a number of changes. They're going to start doing some more in-client stuff. They've got a big event coming up, which is what we kind of been asking for. In fact, it's specifically what we were asking for last time, if I remember, where we didn't want to have to wait for pairings. We just wanted to be able to play against an opponent, right? Kind of like you do when you're playing a draft and you go, well, I've got seven wins to get or three losses to give. And then that's it. So they're doing that. They're doing that with a standard event. So it's upcoming shortly on the 31st, in fact. So it's 10 days away from today. And it's got an entry of 20K gold or 4K gems. And it That's is steep. It is, it's expensive, but there are real world cash prizes to be made. So it's free, in quotes, if you use gold, I guess. But um, the prizes are US dollars. And it's best of one, which is really interesting. Best, best of one for day one. Yeah, it is. And so you have to get, like I said, seven wins. You go seven and two and you make it to day two. And that's it. But Okay, it's, um, so maybe maybe it's time to play Obosh after everything we just said. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. It's going to be interesting to find out what the best best of one deck is. But it's certainly going to be tricky. And I think, I, I, I speculate, Wizards are going to uh, clean out a lot of gold from people's accounts. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll be taking a lot of gold from my account, that's for sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, it, it looks pretty good. So the the prizes are fairly, you know, for, for your investment, they're, they're okay. If you get seven wins, you get 2,000 gems and you make it to day two. Six yeah. wins, you get 1,600 gems. Um, 
And if you manage just three wins, you get 400 gems back uh, and sort of scales down from there. And uh, for us, and here's the kicker, uh, day two starts at 1 a.m., on Monday, the first of June. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, that- day, day one is one a.m. on Sunday night, so that's that's a bit of a problem. But day, day one, you can play your matches whenever you want, which you can also on day two as well. Uh, it, it is like a league style event where you can play whenever you want. But the cutoff's a lot earlier, isn't it? Yeah. On so the like the the day one, the, it opens at one a.m. for us ends at 9 p.m. Yeah. So it's basically open all day Sunday. So there's no reason why we can't play our games on the Monday when, whenever we feel like it. Oh, sorry, on the Sunday. The day two starts at 1 a.m. again, and I think you have a two-hour window where you have to log on and join the event, so between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. for us. Yeah. But then you, you have until 11 a.m. on the Monday to actually complete your matches. So you could very easily... Get up, you know, set an alarm for one thirty a.m., jump on, sign up, go back to bed, wake up at 8 a.m., whatever, and you've still got a bunch of time to, to play your matches. So it's not, not the end of the world. And this is something that I actually spoke about on stream with a couple of the guys when I was streaming on Saturday, that why don't we have this event? Like, this is how they run their Mythic Qualifier events where you, you get a token for an entry for an event and you just jump on and you just go, I want to play a match, click play, and it just pairs you with someone else who's also trying to play their match and away you go and you, you play it whenever you want. Cough, cough. Magic Online's been doing it for years. Cough, cough. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, And they've been doing it in Arena for the last, I don't know, year or something like that. So just on a smaller scale. So yeah, uh, yeah. this is the expansion of that, which is which is. But it's not, it's, it's not really any different to like an event. Like the I, I played like in between my rounds on Saturday night, I was playing whatever the festival event was. Yeah. And yeah, you just go, oh, yeah, I want to join this festival. All right, I'll pay my gold for it. And then when I'm ready to play a match, I just click play and it pairs me with somebody. So they've had the capability for a very long time. And it's just really, really good to see that they're they're actually taking this step. I wonder if we've just been have we been spoiled by the convenience of arena a little bit here. So where you know arena's great, you can just jump on. I, I jumped on this afternoon uh, in between finishing work and like the evening starting, and I got to play one match. Is all I had time to do, but I got to play one match. Got my two pips. Uh, and and then you know started making dinner so the convenience of that maybe with, with in the context of all of the complaints and you know i've been complaining as much as anybody else but maybe we've just been spoiled a little so yeah an omission there if, if anything yeah. um so so what's the the prize money here is it like 2k if you get seven wins on day two and there's no um, they're not capped, so it'll scale with the number of entrants that that uh, that actually make it. So, yeah, if you if you go like fourteen and two or something, then you know you get two grand US. So it's um, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, you can buy a few Acoria cards there. So um, <laughs> that's uh, which is Wizards' hope, I suppose. So yeah, so um, the, like the interesting thing with this is. Like you said, Chewy, the the prizes aren't capped and they're going to scale with the number of entrants. So like a normal tournament you do will say, all right, there's a $100,000 prize pool and and they list out first place gets this and second gets this and third gets this and whatever. 
that doesn't exist for this tournament structure, which is something that we haven't seen before. It's just, you just play your games. There's no, oh, I came first in this event or I made top eight or anything like that. It's just, I made seven wins. So if, if there ends up being a thousand people in day two, whoever out of those thousand people get seven wins, they get 2,000 US dollars. So that could be, I don't know, 50 people or it could be 200 people. I don't, I don't know what the probabilities are of those sorts of things. But those prizes will scale based on how people Maths perform. Maths is for blockers, man. Maths is for blockers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm a mono-red player, so I'm not blocking. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, so that's um, that, I think that's great. And I hope this is something that they uh, continue and um, expand at, on as uh, as we go. Like those, the incline events are... Are fantastic i think so let's let's just keep doing those for for big events and hopefully they can partner with um some other tournament uh organizers like red bull and and able to work something out there yeah That'd run run their events in clients so we don't have to deal with third-party websites and things like that yeah that would be great mm. um but yeah I, I will definitely be entering this i've got like ninety thousand gold just sitting in my account that i'm meant to be using for 90? drafts yeah so that's that's four entrants just there for that's basically for free. Uh, I don't think I'll be spending any gems on this, but I'm hoping to go in my first one and just yeah get my seven wins and, and away I go. But but even like if you're sitting on you know, if you're if you're a medium level or be, even beginner level players and you've got enough gold, it's still pretty good value. Like if you go uh three wins and then you get your three losses, you're still getting four hundred gems back, which is that's not amazing but it's better better than nothing and you're still turning that gold into into gems um but if you can get you know even five or six wins you don't necessarily get the the seven wins like you're still getting a good amount of gems back so it's um it's still good value and it's still a good way to turn your gems into gold and the other thing i don't completely forgot to put in the show notes but for entering the event you get one of each of the five Godzilla lands as your like as a as an entry. It's like the you know you go to a Grand Prix and you get a promo. Well, you get the promo promo Godzilla lands. So that's pretty cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 Can't can't complain about that. But yeah, definitely looking forward to that. So that's in two you, weeks. I, th- you I think can you said when it was you, Yeah, you, you can uh, complain when you enter five times and get the same land each time. <laughs> Well, I, I think you only get the land once. Oh, what? Because uh, okay. it's surely well, it's, you should get a land every time you pay your twenty thousand gem or gold, right? No, you get. I think you get all five when you oh, enter that's not once. What you said you said you get one of the Godzilla lands. No, I think, I'm pretty See sure you get all you five. You don't put something in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, so I think yeah, it's I, ten days. Might, they're thirty first. Yep. I might play. I might play in this event, and I might play um, Team Erec because they'll have a float or mana button um, in for us by that time. So What, what are you talking be, about? <laughs> there's a arenas that I saw there's an announcement that Arena are putting in a uh, a new feature, a new function, which is, okay. I, I don't know exactly how it will work in game, but yeah, you can float all of your mana, uh, you know, you can order using the auto tapper. Okay, uh, cool. to, to to tap all of your lands. So yeah, right. uh, I don't have a date on it yet, but uh, I think that's something that... Um, I assume that would be coming out with the update that I think goes live tonight, actually. The, the 21st, I think, was the um, when the update happens. Uh, that'll be interesting because that, that was always a problem. Like, I know 
I think you played the the Gates deck as well for, for yes. a while, Chewie, when that first came out. It was just so frustrating to have to click your land manually each time and, and select what colour you want. Play, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and playing yeah. like Team of Wreck and things like that. It's, it's like, come on, I'm, I'm struggling with the clock and my slow internet. And yeah, <laughs> did you ever see someone playing Chromatic Lantern? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that no, made it much. Because there's no like on um, MTGO, there's like tap all these manners for this color, right? You can yeah. just hold down a key and, and it just goes, I want green for these five. Nope. Got to click them all. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, good good update. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Speaking of, speaking of updates, Stu, there was a, 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 an update to the banned and restricted list that uh, came out at the start of this week. Yes, there was. Um, I think one of them was not unexpected, but we'll go through the list. Uh, in Brawl, we saw the Draineth Magistrate uh, get banned and Winota, joiner of forces. Can we ban her from standard too? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. No, I've heard I, I Winota's beat, not very good in rule or pr- pretty annoying, even worse than it is in standard. Yeah, right. I don't play brawl, so I have no idea. No, 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 it's the stuff that I've heard. But the, the Draneth Magistrate, I think, was a, a big problem because that's the one that says you, you can only cast, cast cards yeah. from your hand, yes. <laughs> which is, is a problem when you have a commander who's <laughs> not in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like an oversight there. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, so in Legacy, we saw uh, Lurus banned and not, not Zerda surprised. the Dawn Waker. Mm, so, fun okay. fact, this is the first ever Boros-coloured card banned in Legacy. Really? How's that, how's that for a fun fact? Yeah, I saw that on Twitter this week and I was like, surely. <laughs> and I went through, the, went through the list and there's, yeah, not a... Because, I mean, Boros is very fair, right? You play small creatures and you play burn spells, right? Um, so, you know, what are they going to ban? Lightning Helix? Are you telling me Lightning Helix isn't as good as Mana Drain? <laughs> he- healing I, I love myself a lot. Ancestral Helix. Recall, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, bit of a bit of a fun fact. I hadn't tangented all night. So at 43 minutes in, I thought I'd get it in. So, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so sorry to uh, do that to you. You'll get used to it as you're on the cast. That's all right. My tangents. So That's okay. Lurus, Lurus is not that surprising. I think Lurus has been everywhere and, and yeah, that, that's definitely not a surprise. Zerda, I, I don't know why Zerda's been banned. Do, do any of you guys know? No idea. Do you, do you know what Zerda is? Uh, yeah. It's the- I know it's a companion. Yep. Yeah, and activated abilities that aren't mana abilities cost two less to activate. I'm sure there's nothing broken that you could possibly do. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, that, I'm sure there's some nice mana rocks in Legacy that... Uh... That stands out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's because it's a three mana, three, three, or it has pay one, tap, target creature can't block this turn. But, um, yeah, there's a um, there's uh, it's obviously some combo implications there with yeah, the okay. activated abilities, so... I'm not entirely sure what it is, but... Um, uh, I've just pulled up a list. It looks like people are using it to abuse the monoliths and signets. Yeah, so, you can, you can tap your signets for, for free and then float mana and then go infinite with, like, Grim Monolith and Basalt Monolith. And then people are just, like, going off with giant walking ballistas by the looks of it. Staff of Domination, that kind of stuff. Okay. Right. So, uh, it's a broken mana engine. Yeah. There you go. That you always have. <laughs> yep. Sure. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. Okay. We'll, we'll accept that banning. Yep. Uh, and uh, the last one uh, is surprise, surprise, Lurus again. In vintage, yes. Yep. Uh, because of repetitive gameplay. So who would have thought that 
always having a card in your opening hand would lead to repetitive gameplay. Mm. Yeah. So good job, Wizards. Um, but look, I I think this is I think they're fine in standard, and we've spoken about this before. I don't think Wizards can feasibly move forward with designing cards with the eternal formats in mind. They just the ban list. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's the way it is. Like, love it yep. or loathe it. That's, yep. it's, Suck that's it up and be. get on with it. Yeah. That, that's what you're signing up for if you want to play Vintage or Legacy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we spoke about the potential of Lurus getting banned in Vintage, which was, is it is an extreme measure to take with, you know, the only other cards being banned in Vintage, being like the Dexterity cards and, and no, other weird things like that. There's actually a bunch like of that. cards that are banned in Vintage. Like what? No, there's a few. There's there's more than just the dexterity cards. There's some other ones that are banned as well. Mm, okay, that's uh, that's not what I read when we did our formats <laughs> ever evergreen yeah. thing. But anyway, so yeah, the, uh, it, it's not surprising to see it banned. The, I saw something on like the first week that there was a major vintage thing on on MTGO, and and it was like ninety five percent of decks or something had Lurus <laughs> as their companion, <laughs> and that's uh, yeah, that's that's a bit of a problem. So. But yeah, yeah any, anything else from that announcement, Stu? Yeah, so in the last paragraph, there's a nice interesting little bit where it says, uh, if we see signs of long-term health issues resulting from high metagame share of companion decks, we're willing to take steps up to or including changing how the companion mechanic works. Interesting. Right. It's very interesting. Yeah, so like something I've heard a, a lot of people talk about is that What's printed on the cards for the companion doesn't actually correlate that much with what, like how you actually play the the companion. So there there is that potential that they could change the way a companion works. Like things like people are suggesting, if you start, you know, if you have a companion, you start with six cards in your hand instead of seven. Things like that. So that's they've got a lot of scope to make those sorts of changes. If yeah, it's very carefully something. worded. If yeah, this if, card is your chosen companion, you may cast it once from outside the game. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't specify anything else. Zones so you, or anything. No. Yeah, so you you could you could change a whole bunch of stuff, and um, yeah, kind of try and fix fix what they did, but. I think it'd take a lot for them to get to that point, but yeah, it's it's very interesting to hear them actually admit that and and put that into into writing. So that's uh, it's going to be interesting and something definitely to watch going forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, watch this space, I guess. So if you don't want if you don't want them to be banned, just don't play them. I guess is that the message? <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. Companions are interesting. Like, I mean, we've we've spent a ton of time talking about companions, and so it's just about everybody else. But it's anytime you bring in a new card type, it's it's always going to be weird the first time, and it, it's going to be interesting to see whether wizards do what they've done with planeswalkers and equipment and and things like that, and print them into other sets, so they're not just a an Ikoria thing. And I think that's a concern that a lot of people have had is if these are the only companions we ever get, you're stuck playing these cards forever, effectively, in, in your eternal formats and your, your non-rotating formats. So if Wizards want you know a bit of balance, they're probably going to have to print more. And if they print more, they've got that opportunity to make them a little bit more balanced the next time and not print Skull Clamp and, and <laughs> things like that, like they did when they first printed equipment cards, Skull Clamp and Jitte and, and all that sort of stuff. So 
Although, in using that example, like Planeswalkers started out powerful but fine. And yeah. The next yeah. minute we had Jason Mind Sculptor. So, <laughs> so we'll, uh, uh, I am a little Great bit card. Upset. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, Planeswalkers, when they first came out, that was when I was sort of having, like, that was when I sort of first quit magic because it was like, what are these crazy cards and I can't interact with them? Like, what the hell do I do? You and they were. Them, yeah, they were very polarizing, but and and they uh, they definitely would have turned a lot of players off the game. But now they're they're everywhere and they're just normal. And sometimes you get some that you really really love, Cracker, like you know Teferi. Oh baby, you? yeah. <laughs> uh, and and other times you get you know just sort of interesting ones that who knows what's going to happen with Companion going forward, and they they may or may not make a, make a change. Who who knows? I, we'll have I uncommon Companions, just like we had uncommon Planeswalkers in no time. And, and they'll have uh, static abilities from the Companion Zone and all yeah, sorts of stuff yeah. like that. Don't give wizards ideas. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we know they listen. So, <clears throat> so um, let's, let's move on from the banned and restricted announcement then because uh, I think we could talk about companions for far too long yes. and i'd know you know i have to do a lot of work to stop you guys from going on tangents so let's uh let's wrap that one up there um cracker there's mm-hmm. a there's a there's a promo going on to support local game stores so wizards yeah. are recognizing that they're they're hurting a little with the current situation and they've sort of you know given a given a bit of a thrown them a bone if you like they're showing them some love you might yeah. say. There's called the Love Your LGS promotion. They're, they've got a couple of special promos. So there's a bunch of mystery boosters, which they're just giving out to stores, which is pretty awesome. I think Shorty was saying before the cast is like $2 million worth of product or something. Yeah, it's some some huge amount. Like they, How do we know? Because we've removed recommended retail price. Yeah, like, <laughs> I can't. I can't remember exactly what the figure was, but apparently they announced we're going to give X amount of mystery boosters to local game stores, and then when they, I can't remember if it's actually in this announcement or not, but they basically came out and said we're going to double the number of mystery boosters that we were originally going to give out. So whatever it was, it was a lot, and either way, it's pretty cool of Wizards to do that. So is is that for stores to just sell? Or to, no, I to think they away. were to for like giveaways and rewards for playing in tournaments and and buying stuff in their store, like si- sort of similar to these promos, which I don't think you've you've mentioned yet. Crack, how crack we get hasn't them? Got to that yet, I haven't. No. Uh, so the promos that are available is Mecha Godzilla Battle Fortress, also known yeah. as also known as Hangerback Walker, <laughs> with some crazy new Mecha Godzilla art, who's He's literally shooting. I'm looking at the art now. He's shooting like rockets out of his arm and like his back and stuff. It's yeah, it's a thing. Doesn't really fit the magic theme, but hey, does it's, not. It's a sweet alt art. And also a a very nice um, foily judge promo style reliquary tower, which is also a commander staple. Mm. And some some sweet looking um, posters as well. I believe there's a cool one here of Vivian fighting some crazy mutated beast thingy. So basically, it is too. There you go. I I've played a ton of Obosh, and I could not have told you that that's Obosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, watch the trailer, man. Yeah. Um, so how do you get these? You buy stuff from your local game store. So that's, simple. That's, that's that's basically it, right? So it it literally just says you know make any purchase or buy any event entry, and you can receive receive a reliquary tower, and if you buy a box. 
uh, or a mystery booster, then you'll receive a buy box promo and a hanger back walker with the Mecha Godzilla treatment. And there is not a limit to one per, per customer for that. So you, you buy anything and you, you'll get a reliquary tower and you buy a box or a mystery booster and you'll you'll get a hanger back walker, Mecha Godzilla. So pretty cool. It's good that wizards are kind of trying to encourage people going back to their, their LGSs given everything that's going on. And we know that, you know, they're struggling a little bit. It's a little unfortunate that I've seen them on Amazon already. Yeah, don't buy them from there. <laughs> don't buy them from Amazon. So, support your local game store, people. Like, they're a really important part of the Magic ecosystem. And we need them. We want them. We love them. So, yeah, support your local game store. Yeah. The uh, the prizes for the league uh, from that has just kicked off, the May League, the Magic Beans League. I, I bought the box from my local game store that uh, that is surprises. So, um, please do that as much yeah. as you can. Yep. One one question I wanted to put to you guys tonight is: Do you think with this promo of Hangerback Walker that we may get a reprint of Hangerback Walker in the upcoming core set? Because Hangerback Walker came from Magic Origins, I believe, which was. Technically, it was meant to be like the last core set before they started reprinting core sets again. But it is definitely a generic card. It's a it's a it's a reference that only Australians will get. Nobody else has any idea who John Farnham is. It's uh, he's yeah, the it's, voice. Try and understand. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I tried oh, to move on before, <laughs> before you got there. You left it wide open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely a card that's not specific to any plane or, or any specific set it's not a crazy monster like uh, like what we've got in Ikoria or whatever so it could very easily be printed in a core set what do you think uh, what f- first what are the chances that it happens and if it did happen would you like that I would like to mutate a creature onto Hangerback Walker that mm, would that be cool. nice that would be very cool because yeah value um, but yeah I can see that I I wouldn't mind that. It's a, a card that sees play in older formats. It's a commander staple. Casual players love it. Like it's just a good card that appeals to most people. So I would love to see a reprint of Hangerback. I, you know, it's a it's a good card. What do you reckon yeah. the odds are, Cracker? Well, I'm just I just pulled it up to see when Origins was, and it was 2015. So it's already been four years. Mm. Five Which years. Is- it's 2020, man. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't even math. How does it yeah. work? It's for blockers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'd like it. Right. You know, it's um reprints happen in corsets, and it's a it's a really good card. It's very fair. But yeah, no, I I think it's sweet. I, I'd be down for sure. Yeah. I think it's one of those cards. I I I remember cracking one of these at the Origins pre-release, and sort of leading up to that, people had said. Oh, you know, yeah, it's pretty good, whatever. And then playing it at the pre-release was like, this card is actually really good, but it was really good without being like oppressive or broken or anything yeah, like that. It was just, card, yeah, it was yeah. just a really good magic card, and and went in a lot of decks and was really good to play with. Uh, it might be an issue with the amount of ramp that we've got going on in uh, in our decks at the moment, but it doesn't play well with cards like Fires. It doesn't play well with Yorion and, and things like that. It doesn't that. play so, well with Team Arrak either. So. Yeah, so it, I think it could actually be really good in, in the format. So As long as they don't print the Tron lands in the core set, <laughs> well, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> you just made my heart like flutter there, Chewy. <laughs> Mentioning <laughs> printing Tronlands in into the core set. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. But no, that's never going to happen. <laughs> so yeah, but I I I think uh, good question, and I I hope so. I guess is my official answer. Yeah, cool. So the last thing, just going to mention quickly, just sort of on the way out, we're not going to go right into it. I think we will touch on it a bit more in the next couple of episodes, but they did announce that the Pro Tours that or Players Tours, we have to get the right, um, what is it, nomenclature? Is that the word? Nomenclature. Yes. Nomenclature if you're American, nomenclature if you're sure. from anywhere else in the Whatever. world. Whatever. Get the right terminology. Players tours that were scheduled to be coming up over the next few months have basically all been cancelled and moved to arena-based events, uh, which is not really surprising in in the current climate and, and that sort of stuff. But this has led to some backlash from players. A lot of whinging. We were sort of talking about this off, uh, you know, precast and and whatever. And, and Cracker, you said that Wizards have rolled back their um, their stance and they're they're going to be giving players loaded accounts now. Is that correct? Yeah, so not so much as a rollback, but just kind of a concession to the change, right? So these were all paper events that people had qualified through many different means, you know, paper tournaments, Magic Online tournaments, and the fact that they've kind of shifted everything to arena is forcing people in the way that it's being perceived by the angry mob, forcing people to play on this new fangled terrible program called Arena <laughs> that apparently <laughs> no magic players- Just trying to suck all yeah, your money. I know, they're just trying to get you all. So, so they're making people buy a bunch of gems to buy uh, cards for their deck. Yeah. And that's a new thing. So, they never had to buy paper magic cards before. So, did Wizards give them well, the in, decks in- that they wanted to play for Pro Tours before? No, but Chris does. Yeah, Chris, Chris, Chris does that for, for, for us, yeah. But, but also, you can play it from your couch. You don't have to, like, buy flights or accommodation or anything Look, there's, there's arguments both ways, but what Wizards have done is they've well, said- I think there's an argument and then there's- <laughs> Well, yeah, okay. That's, that's, that's probably a better way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. What Wizards are doing for this event is they are actually giving loaded accounts, God accounts, whatever you want to call them, to all of the people who are qualified for this PT, which is coming up in June 13. So, I think it's to do with the short turnaround as well, right? It's- but when are they getting access to these accounts? Can they test with these accounts so they have access to the cards or do they have to have the cards that they want to Dude, there was a tweet this with. afternoon that Wizard said, okay, <laughs> never mind, we'll do something. But and if we'll they've only got it for the event, it doesn't actually solve the problem because they still need to be able to test out. Yeah, so yeah, why are you yeah. whinging at me? I'm not Watsy. I'm whinging, I'm whinging at the people whinging, whinging at, at the whingers. because I think they're idiots. There you go. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> Yeah, like so this, yeah. so the the first players tour that will be held on Arena is June the thirteenth. So that's what's that three weeks ish from from now. Yeah, uh, and I'm assuming that there will be coverage probably similar to like the Magic Fest online events and all that sort of stuff. So no, none of that's really been announced yet. They've they've given out all the uh, the details for all the events coming up, and we'll definitely touch on all them now that we actually have some uh, pro-level play that's going to be happening. We'll be touching on those as our episodes sort of go on over the next couple of months, and we'll talk about the the decks and the metagames and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, we thought we just sort of wanted to to mention that, as uh, seeing as it was pretty big news. Mm-hmm. Speaking of big, big news, big, huge, mon- humongous news I have here for us, Cast. You're having another child? No, no, that is uh, that is never happening. That would be news. Wow, I seriously <laughs> thought that was where it was going. Then. Wow, no, no. More, it's much more important than that. I made platinum. 
I have completed the challenge set to me, thanks to wizards changing up the way gold works. <laughs> you take yeah, okay. It, so that, I think, Chewie, I mean, I think uh, you need to revise half the, the wins. Uh, <laughs> you need to revise the challenge for uh, for Cracker there. No, don't do that. Uh, yeah, played cycling. I because I I had um, I started in bronze from from this season and yeah cycled my way all the way up to platinum so pretty happy about that it's the first time i've made it very nice and i don't think i've played any games since because <laughs> i've been busy doing other stuff it's great uh, well done well done uh, but i i do agree with shorty that we need a revised challenge for you but i'm going to make this one fun and interesting i just just thought of it all right you need to host 10 discord slash skype commander games sessions by the end of the year <laughs> okay with, with, with people in the Magic Beans Discord. So if you want to want to play some Commander with Cracker, uh, you know, if you want if you want to sit there on the other side of the board while he cracks Memory Jar whilst you've got a Narset in play. Yeah, that was then, pretty fun. Uh, yeah, sign, <laughs> sign up for our, uh, for our Discord. And, we, we, uh, we did some testing last night to set up our webcams and things. And yes, Chewy and Chris and I played a game of Commander and- yeah, it was good. Worked well. So Chris we crushed are, us, but Chris um, did, did some Chris cool did things. absolutely crush us. But yeah, definitely getting ready to gear up and start playing some some online games with anyone, anyone who wants to play. And, you know, there was a couple of people saying that they were going to just have to start goldfishing their decks. So there's no reason it has to be just Commander. So, you know, we've all got modern decks and we can always proxy things up. So if people want to play, you know, formats that they don't normally get the chance to, as in anything but standard, then hit us up. Um, we're always down for magic. And uh, you can do that through our Discord, as, uh, as oh. we've mentioned plenty of times through the night. That uh, yeah, We have an open Discord. It's open to absolutely anybody. Come and join us. The community is definitely growing on there. It's, uh, it's pretty cool to see, actually. And, uh, yeah, we definitely love interacting with the various people on there, our listeners on there, um, you know, whether it's while we're on stream or, or just having a chat or prepping for tournaments. We had somebody join 50 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, I saw that while we're, while we're recording. We, we had someone join, so that was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, definitely come and join us there. You can find that in the, the show notes, as always. So it's uh, it'll be really great to see you on there. So I think that's going to do us for tonight. Um, we've got nothing to report on the league because we've sort of just kicked off and then uh, we most of the people in the league or a lot of the people in the league were playing the Red Bull event. So we haven't had too many matches going on yet, but that's getting started and that will definitely be happening over the next few weeks. But if you don't know about our leagues, if you're new to our podcast, again, that's something you can get access to through our Discord. We run them roughly once a month uh, for a period of four weeks and yeah, free to enter, open to anybody with boosters and various other vouchers and things for prizes. So they're always a lot of fun. But yeah, that's going to do us. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can flick us an email, magicbeanscast at gmail.com. You'll find us on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter. Just search for Magic Beans Cast. You'll find us on any of those. If you want to find me, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. Cracker. At Joel Hill underscore. And Stu. At M Stewie. Very good. So thank you again for listening. Stay safe out there and we will see you next time.